Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Verse by Verse, and my name is Joe Thompson, I'm the host. Uh, we are starting a brand new year, and this is going to be a continuation of last year. We're still in the book of Luke, and we'll begin today in chapter number 10. Let me uh, say to some of you that have uh, that been listening for a while now, we, we've been off for a couple of weeks, and uh, we're, we're going to pick up here. Of course, we took a break for the Christmas holidays and so forth, and so we're but we're back for a new year, and probably going to be uh, as I put this up later on today. We're, it's it's probably going to be a new season as well. Now, don't ask me why they require you to put season numbers. I have no idea. It, it just seems to me that I don't know. With this, you should just be able to hit you know, whatever episode you're on and go on. But they like you to do seasons. I don't know. Maybe this season will be better than last season. I don't know. At any rate, we're going to do something else as well. Uh, we're going to settle in. I've gotten the hang of podcasting now. I've been doing it since, I don't know, September maybe, almost four months. And I think what we're going to do this new year, um, we're going to settle into more of a Wednesday-Sunday type schedule, meaning I'll do one on Wednesdays and Sundays. And so uh, we'll try that because that seems to be uh, that works. We were doing two days a week anyway, but Sunday's church day and so is Wednesday in most places. So we'll, we'll try that. Well, we're going to pick up our study in the book of Luke chapter number 10, and we would invite you to follow along if you have your Bible. Luke chapter 10. We finished last time, and, I, and in fact, I think the title of our lesson the last time was Think Like God Thinks. And uh, when you put these podcasts up, they require you to put a title and so sometimes I've got to be creative, and it's not till I finish the podcast I, hmm, what can I call this? Well, we'll get to that later type thing. So uh, we'll add a title later. But Luke chapter 10, we're studying the Bible verse by verse. We paused when we saw Jesus here in chapter 9. He was talking to various people who wanted to follow him, and the whole idea was to think like God thinks, okay? You're either thinking one of two ways. You're either thinking like the world thinks or you're thinking like God thinks. Let me say it another way. This is interesting to me as well. You either have a biblical worldview or you have a secular worldview. What's a secular worldview? Well, that doesn't have to be complicated. Secular just basically means non-biblical. You think like the world thinks, okay? And it really does boil down to those two things. You're either thinking like God thinks or you're not. It really is as simple as that. Um, chapter 10 uh, is a little bit different in that he's going to be sending his disciples out. Now remember, Jesus is preparing the way to offer Israel the kingdom. We're going to see this phrase in chapter 10, kingdom of God. Though we are not in that era now, okay, we're living after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, we're in the church age, there are still some very important principles that we can pull from this that help us even today. So that's what we want to do, okay? He offered the kingdom to Israel, they rejected it, and so, you know, the church age begins while predominantly Gentiles get saved. Now, that doesn't mean Jewish people can't get saved. In fact, there are a number of Jewish people that are saved, and they have taken Christ as their Messiah. But, uh, you know, 
in fact, when the church began in Acts chapter 2, it was all Jewish. Then it went out to the Gentiles. But for now, Luke chapter 10. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. Uh, it's interesting here, he would send them two by two. That's very interesting. Uh, we need to support each other, obviously. And we do that today when we go and we go visit people. At least that's a good idea uh, for a lot of good reasons. Two by two, just it, it just helps, okay? Therefore said he unto them. Now, what is he doing? He's getting ready to prepare them for their mission. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into his harvest. And even today, we, we find that the harvest is great. Listen, if we just sow the seeds of the word of God, okay, that's all God requires of me. That's all God requires of you. Just sow the word of God. Put out the seed, okay? It's not my job to save people. I can't. You know, people say, well, uh, you know, your, your ministry on verse by verse is not really successful because you don't have people getting saved every week. I don't know that they are. I don't know that they aren't, frankly. I mean, we would invite you, if you have listened to this podcast and you've trusted the Lord as your personal Savior, uh, by all means, say something about it. Send us a message. Tell us about it. We'd love to hear it, okay? But listen, my job is not to count noses. My job is to give out the Word of God. Uh, I, you know, back in the day when I went to school, we had to learn all this stuff about church growth, and you got to do this, and you got to do that to get your church to grow. Um, I have since learned that I don't have to get my church to grow because I'm not the one who is responsible for growing my church. And it's not my church anyway, but you know what I mean when I say that, okay? The Lord added to the church such as should be saved, Acts 2.42 tells us. So it's God's responsibility, you know, in fact, he says as much in 1 Corinthians 3, you know, some plants, some water, but it's God that gives the increase. My job is to sit here and do what I do on this podcast, when I teach in my local assembly, my local church setting, uh, I co-pastor a non-denominational church, and you know every Sunday I go there and I give out the Word of God. That's my responsibility. Okay. Now he says, "Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth as." In other words, he's going to make a comparison here, as lambs among wolves. It's not going to be easy when you go out there to serve the Lord. It wasn't easy in Jesus' day. It won't be easy in our day. It's treacherous. Okay, not everybody wants to hear the Word of God. In fact, there, there is going to be opposition to your message. When you try to get out there and give out the Word, when you live for Christ during the week on your job, in your family, especially in your family, in your neighborhood, uh, you know, this doesn't just apply to pastors, okay? We are living in a very hostile environment, and it's growing even more hostile by the day, I fear. The closer we get to the rapture, now I'm not, you know, I don't know how close we are to the rapture. I like to think that maybe it's nearer. Well, obviously it's nearer than it was before, but I mean, I'd like to think it's, it's near, like today, hopefully. 
you know, it's 12.05 p.m. where I'm at as I'm recording this. Uh, if Jesus wants to come and interrupt my podcast and rapture the church, I'm cool with that. Let somebody come in here and find a microphone on the floor and, you know, all my computer equipment and my phone recording. I don't care. Let him come. But he may not. Okay. So there are people just waiting. Now, they're not necessarily waiting to hear the gospel. You know, people say, well, I found the Lord. You didn't find the Lord. He found you. Amen. Uh, there's a harvest out there, and our job is to give out the seed of the Word of God, and God will bring in the harvest. Now, he tells specifically these 70 people, there are some things you're not to do, okay? He says, carry neither purse nor script nor shoes and salute no man by the way. Now, this is specifically relating to these 70 people that he sent out, okay? And into whatsoever house ye enter first, say, peace be to this house. That's a greeting. And notice here what he says. And if the son of peace be there, your peace shall rest upon it. If not, it shall turn again to you. So what what, what is he saying here? Simply this, give a greeting. And if they accept you, then, you know, there'll be peace there. If not, then it won't. And in the same house, remain. So if you find a house, you go out witnessing. He's telling you these 70 people, stay in the house, eating and drinking and such things as um, as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his hire. Now, we'll stop there for just a minute. Paul will basically say the same thing in 1 Timothy. He will tell Timothy, the, you know, the laborer is worth his hire. Uh, church... You know, don't keep your pastor poor and humble, okay? Now, you, you, you certainly want a humble pastor, but not in the way that some churches try to make him humble, okay? Support your pastor. He's, you know, if he's preaching the Word of God, if he's ministering to you, then you need to support him. Um, you know, I know some pastors that are, are really trying to do the best they can, but for whatever reason... Their churches are not supporting them, and they're having to work another job to support their family, and they really can't devote full time to the ministry like they want to. They would if the church supported them. Say, well, we don't have the money. Well, you know what? Have you thought about asking God what you should do? You know, I just believe that God would provide. If you would commit to supporting a man who preaches the Word, then... God just might intervene and provide what you need as a church to do that. Hello? We used to believe that kind of stuff years ago, okay? The servant is worthy of his heart. Go not from house to house. In other words, stay where you're, you know, stay where you're welcome. That's what he's telling these seven to hear. Verse 8. And into whatsoever city you enter and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you. So if, if you go into a city... Hey, we accept you. Great. Uh, And then he tells these 70 specifically, he says, and heal the sick that are therein uh, and say unto them, the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. This is a key verse here. Luke 10 verse 9. This will explain the context of this particular chapter. He's offering the kingdom to Israel at this time. 
All we're doing as we go through here is take some principles that actually are actually used in the church age after the ascension and into the book of Acts. You say, well, okay, what happens if not everybody receives the message? Well, he's got a word for that too, verse 10. But into whatsoever city ye enter, and they receive you not. Go your ways out into the streets of the same, and say, Even the very dust of your city, which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be ye sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. He's saying to them, go offer it. If they receive it, fine. If they don't, don't push it. Don't be belligerent. Walk out of the city. Shake even the very dust of that city off of you. And there are some principles there today that we can use, okay, even in the church age. You know, not everybody is going to receive what we say. And it's not my place to force someone to listen. It's not my place. Um, I've been in some churches, you know, where for whatever reason, when people leave the church, pastors get really upset and they say all sorts of things. Well, you're backslidden on God. You're not serving God and this and that. And uh, that's not their uh, that's not their domain anyway. Okay? They get angry at the people for, for, you know, for whatever reason. Okay? Um, not everyone's going to receive what we say. My job is simply to give out the word. And I think of that passage in Matthew 7. Yeah, we're to give the word, but at the same time, we're not to cast it, as Jesus says, before dogs, because not everyone is going to receive it, lest they turn and rend you. I'm not quoting it verbatim, obviously. And you know... Uh, when you're trying to talk with someone about the Word of God, whether or not they are truly interested or if they're just... Uh, for example, some people will have questions. Nothing wrong with questions. Um, there's a difference. And a lot of times you can tell the difference. If someone is really trying to ask an honest, hey, I don't understand this question, or you know, can you explain that to me, or why do you do this? Or the other thing is if someone is trying to start an argument... Well, you you know you show me a sign and I'll believe. Okay, that's okay. Really, that's not going to happen. You know, you you've met those kind of people. You show me a sign and I'll believe. Or you know, how many angels can dance on the head of a pen? All this nonsense. Okay, really, just trying to start an argument. Or what if God did this? Or what if God did that? I've heard that before too. Okay, um, pretty much you know the difference between the two. Okay, so verse twelve. Now, he's going to talk about here, I think, something that is very, very, very important. He's going to talk about accountability. How accountable are people to God as far as what they understand? Well, and I think that is proportionate as to how much light they've received. Let's read through this. We'll talk about it starting in verse 12. Luke 10, verse 12. But I say unto you, 
that it shall be more tolerable in that day. All right, now what is that day, the day of judgment? For Sodom than for that city, meaning the city which didn't receive you, okay? Woe, now that word woe in the King James is judgment. Woe unto thee, Chorazin. These are cities in that day. Woe unto thee, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works had been done in Tyre, and Sidon, those are Old Testament cities where God offered, uh, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. That was an Old Testament way that people showed repentance. Sackcloth is not comfortable. If you put sackcloth on, you will itch. You will be uncomfortable. It was a sign in the Old Testament of true repentance when someone put on sackcloth and they would put ashes over their head. Uh, today we have a tradition in our day. It's called Ash Wednesday. The day after Mardi Gras. I'm from Louisiana. Not originally, but I lived there for a number of years. And so Ash Wednesday is the day after Mardi Gras. And what you will typically see uh, in Louisiana in a lot of churches, not all churches, but a lot of churches, you will see people go in on Ash Wednesday and they will actually put ashes on their head. Now, I've never participated in that. I'm just telling you what I've heard, okay? Um, and it's supposed to be a sign of repentance. Hey, I'm sorry for all the sins and uh, don't doubt me on this. In Louisiana during carnival season, there's a lot of sins. <laughs> we, won't get in, we won't get into that here, okay? You can only imagine. But before we start judging, uh, I live in Virginia, and I can assure you I have a lot of sin, too. So I don't criticize the people who participate in carnival season in Louisiana at Mardi Gras. Uh, I have to confess my own sin, and they have to confess theirs. So we won't get involved in that, okay? Uh, but that's typically what that is symbolic of. And But, verse 14, But it shall be, now listen, but it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. Now, why will it be more tolerable? Because they, you have more light. He just said it. You know, if I had done some of the things in Tyre and Sidon that I'm doing here today, they would have repented a long time ago. You guys have more light. All right, all right so let's apply that to our lives today. What does that mean? It, it means simply this. God is going to judge you based on the amount of light. For example, you, you take someone who grows up in a, you know, Christian environment. Like, okay, we have two boys. My wife and I have two boys. And when they're nice, they were her boys. When they were mean, they were my boys, she would say. Okay, you, you know what that means. And, um, and vice versa. Um, they grew up in a predominantly Christian environment. Our home was a Christian home. We love the Lord. We honor the Lord. We love the Word of God. We teach the Word of God. We taught it to them at home. We send them to Christian school. We went to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. They heard the gospel early. Okay, so they are more accountable to God. If they had rejected the Lord, and, and you know, both of our sons are saved. Thank the Lord for that. And we're praying for our two grandchildren to get saved. One is two, one is four. When they get old enough, we're praying that God will help them to trust Him as their personal Savior. 
and they're growing up in a very similar environment. And so, you know, let's say someone grows up in that environment and they reject the Lord Jesus. They die and go to hell. Very tragic. God is going to hold them more accountable because they had more light. I mean, they had a Christian school teacher every day standing there telling them about Jesus. They went to church every Sunday. They had youth group every Sunday. They had youth group Wednesday night. They had mom and dad at home to pray with them. They had more light than, say, the person that doesn't grow up in a Christian home. Mom and dad doesn't care, doesn't know about the Lord or care either way. And they go off into their... Now, it doesn't mean they're not accountable at all, but it does mean... God will hold people who have more light more accountable. That's the whole point of this, okay? And he continues on. He continues this thought here in verse 15. And thou Capernaum, which art exalted to heaven, shalt be what? Thrust down to hell. That's pretty strong language. He that heareth not heareth me. Let me, let me try that again. He that heareth you heareth me. Okay, if you accept the message that a man of God has given, you're accepting the message of Christ. And he that despiseth you despiseth me, and he that despiseth me despiseth him that sent me. Well, that's pretty strong. He's telling the Jewish people here, you, you know, if you reject me, you're rejecting the one that sent me. And they were the ones that are supposed to be religious. What does that mean for our day? Well, you know, I think about Paul, the apostle, when he was saved. What happened? He was on the road to Damascus, Acts chapter 9. And that bright light shines and he falls to the ground. And what, what are the first words that Saul of Tarsus hears? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? What did Paul then say? Who art thou, Lord? And what did he say? I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Wait a minute. I thought Paul persecuted. Okay, I get my Saul's and Paul's mixed up. He was Saul. He became Paul. You know what I mean. Okay. So who did Saul persecute? Well, he persecuted Christians. But wait a minute. The Lord Jesus said he persecuted him. Yes, that's right. When you persecute God's people, you're, you're persecuting God. Did you know that? You really are. That's what the Bible teaches. When you persecute God's people, when you laugh at someone, when you mock someone who is trying to give you the gospel, uh, you are mocking Christ. You say, wait a minute, I'm religious. That's beside the point. That's what Jesus just said here. Okay, verse 17. And the 70 returned. Okay, so they go out, they do their business. They returned again. Man, they're happy. With joy, notice what they say, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. We, we went out, man, we just had a great time. And, you know, the devil tried to stop us. We gave the devil a black eye in Jesus' name. They were all excited. We have people that are doing that today in certain movements. Uh, they're going to rebuke the devil here and rebuke the devil there. And, boy, they just get all excited over the fact they can rebuke the devil, you know. And, uh Okay, what, what does Jesus say about that? Well, let's find out what he says about that. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Guys, I was there when Lucifer fell. Really, it's not that big of a deal. 
You think it's amazing? I was there when he fell eons ago, whenever that happened. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Now, he's talking to the Jews at that time. He's not talking to the church today. So don't go out picking up scorpions and playing with them after this podcast. Don't go out looking for a snake. If you see one, kill it. Don't pick it up and play with it, okay? Scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He's talking to those 70. Notwithstanding in this rejoice not. Don't get excited because, you know, even if God would give you power to do such things, don't get excited over that. Well, pastor, what am I supposed to get excited over then? He tells us here that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because what? Your names are written in heaven. Boy, that's what I get excited about. I get excited about the fact that I've been forgiven of my sins. See, that's the issue today. Have you been forgiven of your sins? Not whether or not you have certain powers to do this and to do that. Now, I, I know people are going to say, don't you believe in, you know, God can do things things like that today? I, I do. God can do those things when he wants to. But that's not the thrust here. I get excited over the fact that all my sins are forgiven. When I stand before God one day, whenever that time is, and someday I will, I'll guarantee you, you know, I'm getting older, guys. I'll be 56 years old in a few days. And I got to tell you, more and more people that I know are dying. I've read two obituaries. I kid you not. I've read two obituaries in the past three weeks of two people that I know personally. And I have an idea that in 2024, I'm probably going to read some more obituaries. The older I get, the more obituaries I read. One of these days, listen to me, one of these days, someone's going to be reading my obituary. What does that mean? It means I'm going to die one day. And what I rejoice in is the fact that my sins are forgiven. I got good news for you. Your sins can be forgiven today. You can, listen, you can leave this podcast, go about your day knowing that your sins are forgiven. Pastor, how can that happen? How can I get my sins forgiven? How can I get rid of the guilt? First of all, be willing to admit to God that you are a sinner. You see, when you go to the doctor, you got to admit, Doc, I'm sick. I need help. I've got the flu. I've got ASV. I've got COVID. I've got appendicitis or whatever it is you got. Okay? You got to get sick before you can get well. Some of you are listening to me for years and years and years. Some of y'all go back to, you know, the days of Facebook when I was on Facebook Live since 2016 up through this year. You're not saved because you haven't become a sinner yet. Now, what does that mean? Well, you're a sinner anyway. You just don't know it. You just haven't come to the place where you admit, I, I, you know what? I really am a sinner. I need a Savior. That's what I've been sitting here trying to say for eight years. Imagine this. I, I've been here for eight years as of April 25th of this year. 
eight solid years I've sat here behind this desk and preached the Word of God, verse by verse, line by line. And, and I've been saying it for eight years. Some of you haven't got it yet. I am a sinner. I need a Savior. That's the first step you got to take. And then when you realize that, be willing to trust Jesus as your personal Savior. Be willing to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor, what does it mean to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? It means to believe by faith. It means to, by faith, take Him as your own personal Savior. That's what that means. It's more than just, oh, I, I believe He was. I believe He was a real character. I even believe He died. In fact, I believe He rose again. That's great if you believe that, but have you acted upon that? Have you put your faith in Christ and Christ alone for salvation? Not Christ and someone or something else. Not your works. You can be religious and go to hell. Did you know that? You can be a church member and go to hell. You can be a pastor and go to hell. There's going to be some lost pastors in hell. There's going to be some lost clergy in hell. Why? Because they've never trusted Christ and His finished work on the cross to save them. That's what saves you. That old song, I was thinking this morning about this. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Man, that's a great old song. That's what I will be able to proclaim when that day comes and I leave this life I will be able to stand before God and say, I don't deserve to be here. The only thing that I can say and claim is the blood of Jesus has cleansed my sin. That and that alone is what makes me ready for heaven. That is what makes Joe Thompson fit for heaven, the blood of Jesus. And if you will trust Him as your personal Savior, He will cleanse you. He will give you a new life. He will make you ready for heaven. Are you ready for heaven? That's probably going to be the title of this podcast. Are you ready for heaven? Verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank Thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent all the big shots and hast revealed them unto babes even so even so father for so it seemed good in thy sight you don't have to be ecclesiastically perfect to get this Even a little child can understand. He, at, you know, at some point, he's a sinner in need of a Savior. Um, so, all things, he says, are delivered to me of my Father. And no man knoweth who the Son is but the Father. And who, notice this, who the Father, and who the Father is but the Son. And he to whom the Son will reveal him. Um, that gets heavy. That verse is heavy, but basically he's saying, you know, this, God has to reveal himself to you. You say, well, has he done that in my life? Well, you're listening to this podcast. Hello. And 
sometimes we say, you know, you know, I was going on life and I was doing my thing. Man, I found the Lord. Well, actually, you didn't find the Lord. He found you. You weren't looking for Him. Okay, it gets technical, but that's true. I, I guarantee you, when I was 15 years old, I wasn't searching for God. He searched for me. I was out blaspheming and doing all the things I was... I wasn't searching for God. He was looking for me. found me. Amen. Verse 23. And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately. Don't say private conversation. Blessed are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many... Many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them and to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. He's revealing things to his disciples that up till this point have not been known even to the prophets of the Old Testament. You know, they wrote all the prophecies concerning Christ but they didn't quite understand everything they wrote about. They wrote about his first coming. They wrote about his second coming. But they didn't quite understand everything. You said, Pastor, do you understand everything? No. But what did they do in the Old Testament? They wrote what how God led them. It's by faith. This is a faith journey that we're on, folks. Uh, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up. Now, a lawyer, we're not talking about in the legal sense. Back in the... You know, Back in that day, they had lawyers, people who were expert in the Old Testament law, stood up and tempted him. So, okay, we know what he's up to, right? It's, it's no secret. Saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Okay, so what's Jesus going to do? He's going to answer his question. Technically, what do you have to do if you want to do something, if you could do something to inherit eternal life, what is that thing. Well, look what he says in verse 26. He said unto him, What is written in the law, how readest thou? In other words, what does the Bible say? That's a good question, by the way. That's the question we all need to be asking. What does the Bible say? And he, this is the law you're speaking, answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he, this is Jesus speaking, returning answer, and he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. Now, so is he talking about works here? No. What he is saying here is simply this. Since you asked me what you had to do, which, by the way, you can't do enough to earn the kingdom of God, but if you want to go down that road, let's go down that road. Here's what you have to do. You have to love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and get real. Does anybody do that? Answer, no. We don't love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our strength all of our soul, etc., etc. We don't do that. Then I'm in a pretty hopeless condition, Pastor. If if I haven't met that high standard, it you know, it's kind of like in Matthew 5. What did Jesus say? He said, except your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. Okay, the, the, 
scribes and Pharisees are pretty good people, but not good enough. Jesus said, your righteousness has to exceed that. See, that's, that's why you need a Savior. You need a Savior because you, I need a Savior because I, you and I are not good enough to get to heaven. You may be good, but you're not good enough. I may be good, but I'm not good enough. See, the word sinner is in, it's basically an archery term, okay? We miss the mark when we sin. God's mark is perfection. God's mark is holiness. Every single one of us, including this uh, speaker, myself, we miss the mark. Now, some hit it closer than others, granted, but nobody hits the bullseye. Only Jesus hit the bullseye. Pastor, what you're describing then is pretty pitiful. Yeah, it is. That's why Jesus went to the cross, shed his blood, died, rose again the third day so that we could call upon him. We could believe on him and receive forgiveness of sins and eternal life. That's what it's all about. Have you done that? Have you stopped your world long enough? Lord, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Would you forgive me of my sins? I believe what the Bible says about you. I believe you were the Son of God. I believe you died and rose again. You're alive now. I believe all that. I believe it was finished work for me. Have you personally taken that as your payment for your sins? Or are you trying some other way? And I'm just here to tell you, if you're going to try some other way, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Verse 29. But he willing to justify himself. See, so this lawyer is trying to justify himself. We, we often try to do that, don't we? said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? He thought he could trap him. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll trap him with this question. What did Jesus say? Well, verse 30. And Jesus answering, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. He was on the road and he got robbed, okay? Which often happened back in that day. And stripped him of his raiment, took his clothes off and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. I mean, this guy, he's going down the road and somebody finds him, beats him up, takes his money, takes his clothes, throws him on the side of the road and leaves him for dead. Notice what happens, verse 31. And by chance there came down a certain priest. Oh, he's a religious guy. A certain priest that way and when he saw him, what did he do? He passed by on the other side. I can't touch that guy. He's unclean. I can't, you know, my religion tells me I can't touch that dirty guy. Can't do anything about it. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, Buck. I know you've been hurt. I know you're moaning and groaning, but I can't help you because I'm religious. Uh, what does that sound like? That sounds like some church people today, don't they? Well, I can't help those hippies, those dirty hippies. We don't call them hippies today. That's what they were years ago. Well, but fill in the blank. I don't care about those prostitutes and drug dealers, drug takers, thieves, robbers. I don't care about them. I'm holier than thou. I'm holier than they are. I, you know, I can't go around those guys. No, I can't do that. I'm religious. How familiar is that today? Well, we may not say those words exactly, but we really, but we do mean that. It's amazing. 
Uh, now, don't misunderstand me. We as blind people have our issues as well, okay? So just, you know, I, I'm not trying to say we don't, right? But I can tell you what some of the remarks I hear sighted people make sometimes. They'll meet somebody. First thing hits their mind, not whether or not they're saved. The first thing they think about is, oh, they've got tattoos on. I've actually heard people say that. What in the world? What difference does it make whether somebody has tattoos or not? I don't even care what they are. When they die, they're going to rot anyway. That's not the issue. I mean, they may have tattoos that, that, that signify, you know, illicit drug use or whatever, gang, I don't know, whatever. But I'm just saying, we do the same thing this guy did. And we, you know, we criticize the religious guy, the priest. We do the same thing, unfortunately. Verse 32. And likewise, a Levite. Now, that's even worse. Same thing. A Levite. He was at the place, came and looked, he looked on him, and passed by on the other side. Now, I can't go near him. I'm a Levite. I want to stay clean. But a certain Samaritan. Oh, by the way, the Samaritans were the Jews' arch enemy. But yet, what does this Samaritan do? As he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he what? had compassion on him. That's the issue. Had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. That's medicine back in that day. And set him on his own beast. He walked. He put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn. That's a hotel back in that day. And took care of him. And look what else he did. It doesn't stop there. Verse 35. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence. That was their currency. And gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Isn't that cool? The very guy that was the arch enemy of the Jews, this Jew that was hurt on the road, took care of him. Which now of these three, the ones I just described here, thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Now, how are we on this matter of doing good enough to get to God? I think we pretty much established in the first 37 verses that we're not ready for heaven without assistance and by that I mean the blood of Jesus all through this whole narrative Jesus has made the point you need a savior you need a savior you need a savior and that's my question to you are you ready for heaven so well pastor I'm not really thinking about that right now because I just went to the doctor and had my year-end physical and man I'm doing great okay cool I'm glad ever heard of appendicitis 
You know, you can't really predict when those things come about. Ever heard of car wreck? Ever heard of violence? Ever heard of a heart attack of somebody that's healthy? Yeah, those things happen. And you're going to meet God. Okay, so that's really my question. Are you, am I, ready to meet God? I can confidently say that I am ready to meet God. How can you be so sure, Pastor? Because of the blood of Jesus has cleansed my sin. I am forgiven of my sins. Do I deserve it? No. Did I do something to earn that? No, I can't. But I've been forgiven by the grace of God, by grace, through faith, in His Son's finished work on the cross, His death, His burial, His resurrection. That's what makes me ready for heaven. That's what will make you ready for heaven today. Let's close out this chapter with this short narrative here at the end. Verse 38. Now it came to pass as they went and they entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. So this was a wealthy woman. She owned a house. Um, and she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So... She's there, listening to Jesus. Martha, verse 40, But Martha was cumbered about much serving. i got to get the cakes ready. i got to get the bologna sandwiches ready. Got to cook the steaks, hot dogs, whatever they had in that day. i got to get the food ready. Jesus is here. I mean, this is the Son of God. i got to make things right. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care? Okay, how many times have we asked that question? God, do you really care about me that I'm involved in what I'm doing? Do you, do you see what I'm doing? God, do you even give a rip? That's what she's saying. Care, care that my sister, notice this, that my sister hath left me to serve alone. Can you just hear this? I mean, she's whining. Can you just, I don't understand why she's sitting there listening to you and she could be in there helping me. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. I mean, Imagine her telling God what to do. But we do the same thing. What did Jesus say? Well, he didn't get mad at her. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Can you just see this? Calm down. It's cool. Martha, Martha. Thou art careful and troubled about many things. I'm talking to some people this morning that or whenever you're listening to this, you're, 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 the reason you're frustrated is because you're troubled about many things. And why are you troubled about many things? Because you have not given those things to Jesus. You haven't gone and just sat at the Lord's feet, laid those things down in front of Him at His feet, and said, Lord, take these. I can't handle it. That's what Mary's doing here. He says this, verse 42, but one thing is needful. See, all this other stuff that Martha's doing is good, but it's not really necessary. I mean, Jesus doesn't care whether she puts steak on a platter or a paper plate. Really, he doesn't care about things like that. He just wants to fellowship with his children. And Mary's over there just listening to Jesus. We're talking to him, him talking to her. 
One thing is needful, and Mary has chosen, notice that, she chose to do that, chosen that good part, and oh, by the way, which shall not be taken away from her. No, Martha, I'm not going to ask her to get up and stop listening to me and communing with me and fellowshipping with me and go and do all of that. I'm not going to take it away from her. And if you do the same thing, that's the implication here, your nerves would be less frayed as well. I encourage a lot of people in 2024. I said this, I had to pass, I, I had to preach this past Sunday at a friend's church. And I said, hey, you know, why don't we all just covenant together to listen to the Word of God at least 30 minutes a day? Come on, guys. That's something we can all do. Really, it is, okay? You say, well, I read the Word of God. Okay, fine, read the Word of God. But, you know, I'm a listener, not a reader. I don't read very well anyway, so I have to listen. So, you know, listen to God's Word. I mean, we, we watch the news, 30-minute newscast, really. We can spend 30 minutes a day listening to the Word of God. I know we can. And talk to God. Tell Him about everything. He really does care, honestly. He really does. Okay, Father, we come. Thank you for this chapter. Lord, help us to be ready. I pray if there's one here that's listening that is not ready for heaven, help them to turn to you, admit they're a sinner, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Help them to call on you right now, tell you they're a sinner, tell you they're in need of a Savior, ask you to save them. Lord, you said in your word, he that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, God bless you. See you later in the week. Have a great week.